It's my great joy to be here today to address the topic, Love Wins. Yes, yes. <laughs> Isn't that good to know? Love Wins wins. Wouldn't you love to believe that with every fiber of your being? Love wins. So that's what we'll be looking at today. And I just want to say welcome not only to the people here live in the sanctuary, but also welcome to the extended sanctuary that is our online community. I once went to a political rally where we were all invited to make our own signs. And so I was thinking about what should I say on my sign? And I remembered that our philosophy encourages not to focus on what am I against, but rather what am I for? So I gave it a lot of thought. What am I for? What am I for? And I decided that what I'm for is love. So I made a sign that said, love unites, heals, wins. Love unites, love heals, love wins. Because I personally love that assurance that no matter how messy the political situation looks, love wins. I mean, think about any messy situation, either in your own life or in the life of our community, our society, our global community. Wouldn't it be great to really, really believe that love is winning? So in our time together, we're going to consider why it has to be true that love is winning, and also we'll consider ways that we can participate in this very natural process of love winning. So to begin, how do we know that love wins? Well, if we look around our world, we'll see that anything that is not love Anything that's the opposite of love does not win, ultimately. I'm thinking about how the stories we've heard about uh, people who've committed a crime together and then uh, when they're uh, caught, they start to snitch on each other. They throw each other under the bus. Or I'm thinking about uh, a story I heard about a businessman who ruthlessly clawed his way to the top of the corporate ladder. Never mind who he hurt along the way, careers he destroyed along the way, but he got to the top. Well, after he retired later on in his life, he had some trouble and he needed help. And guess what? No one was there to help him. So I think we can get a clue from looking at our visible world that there is a way in, if it ain't love, it ain't going to win. And this is also true when we look at the invisible world, that invisible reality from which our physical world, our visible world emerges. Ernest Holmes, who's the author of the spiritual philosophy we study here, he points out that the nature of it, the invisible divine reality is good. 
And it would have to be all good because if any bit of it was evil or not good, it would destroy itself. So it's logically impossible. This thing behind all reality has to be good. He writes, there is not God and something else. And here he's referring to the devil. There is not God and something else. Evil is human created, while God, the internal goodness, knows nothing about it. And he also points out, while we can love to any extent without being hurt, hate finally destroys itself and destroys us with it. But love harms no one. And of course, if spirit's nature is love and we are expressions of spirit, that means that we are love. That is our nature. And yes, you know, we can make bad choices through ignorance or whatever, whatever, whatever. People have done evil things, but our fundamental nature is good. There's a British spiritual teacher named Rupert Spira who shows how this is true in our direct experience that our nature, our, our personal nature, mine, yours, is love. Spira points out that when we're experiencing conflict, we want to end it. I know that's true for me. Is that true for you? Like if there's any conflict on the inside or if you're having a conflict with somebody else, we want to end it. And Spira points out that this is because that sense of conflict is not our natural state. Our natural state is love and we want to return to our true nature of love. He says this, love is the nature of who you are. Love is not a feeling. What? It can be expressed as a feeling. It can be veiled by our feelings. But love is the nature of who you are. He also uses a very helpful images, image for the purpose of today's talk, which is imagine there's a blue sky that is always there. That blue sky is always there. Clouds can come in. Fog can come in. Things can cover up that blue sky, but the sky is always there. And eventually, those clouds will pass. So, of course, we're using this metaphor today as the blue sky representing love and the clouds representing those things that temporarily arise, that temporarily come to pass, that don't look like love. The love is always there, and it will be revealed. So our job is to participate in this natural process of love being revealed. Our job is to dissipate those clouds so that love can shine. Our job is to participate in the very natural process of love winning. Have you ever heard that phrase, love conquers all? It's often, um, we think of it, a lot of us think of it as uh, being written by Shakespeare, but in fact, the first recorded use of those words 
uh, were in the 15th century by a woman in Genoa who became St. Catherine of Genoa. In her late 20s, Catherine had a mystical experience in which she knew herself to be in the presence of God, and she felt herself deeply, 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 fully touched by the love of God. Of course, these kind of mystical experiences are overawing, and they are life-changing. I say that as though I've had one. Anyhow, um, <laughs> after that... <laughs> Well, you know, you know those mystical experiences. Anyhow, after that, uh, Catherine uh, dedicated her life to love. She decided to let love lead her, and it did. It led her right out of her privileged arist aristocratic life into the very poorest places in Genoa, where she cared for people with various diseases like leprosy, and syphilis, and the plague. But what about those of us who aren't saints? Is there evidence among us that love wins, that love conquers all? Well, I think so. Uh, I can actually think of three things. The first thing is, anyone who's been in a long-term relationship with a friend a co-worker, a family member, parent, child, sibling, partner, lover, spouse, anyone who's been in a long-term relationship knows that all those daily ups and downs and quirks and irritations are all subsumed, are all swallowed up by the overall intention, the overall commitment to love. And of course, you know as well as I do that this kind of ongoing practice of loving can only happen in a relationship where both parties feel safe and both parties feel supported in their growth. Otherwise, of course, the highest expression of love is to go one's separate ways. But in a relationship that fundamentally supports both people, we get to participate in the process of letting love win. I don't think I shared this story with you yet. On our 40th wedding anniversary, my husband and I looked at each other in astonishment. <laughs> and he actually put into words, I think I was kind of feeling it, he, he said, who would have thought that anyone could have put up with either of us? for all these years. And I laugh because I recognize the truth of it. I, I know I can be hard to live with sometimes. I'm not going to talk about him, but I know I can be. But what has kept us going is the commitment to keep at the practice of love. And I do mean practice as getting better and better, to keep practicing love, to remember in the midst of irritation, that there is more than this. Love is present here. Don't see it at the moment, but I know love is present here. So for me, long-term relationships of any sort are an example of the evidence that love wins. Second piece of love 
winning evidence comes from the talk that Reverend Russ gave a couple weeks ago when he told us the story of how Mildred and Richard Loving, a interracial couple, got married. And uh, this was in 1958. It was illegal in Virginia, punishable by prison. So the Lovings challenged that law. And in 1967, the Supreme Court unanimous, unanimously ruled in favor to allow interracial marriages. And then, about 60 years later, in 2015, the Loving versus Virginia case was used as precedent in the Supreme Court decision to allow same-sex marriage. Reverend Russ also shared a quote from a 2007 radio interview with Mildred Loving, who said, My generation was bitterly divided over something that should have been so clear and right. But I have lived long enough now to see big changes. The older generation's fears and prejudices have given way, and today's young people realize that if someone loves someone, they have the right to marry. I have lived long enough to see big changes. It's a reminder that love eventually wins. Think about your own life, however long it's been. Have you seen examples where things are actually moving more toward revealing more and more love? Either in yourself or around you. Here's one more example of love winning that I see. As a minister, I have the great privilege of being able to facilitate memorials celebrations of life. And what I notice time after time is how much love is present. Love among the people there, love being expressed in the stories that are being told of the person being honored, and love palpably present in the essence of the person who has passed on. What is ultimately remembered about a person is the love that they shared, the love that they wore. Even people's quirks and flaws are presented and remembered with fondness and love. The clouds are forgotten. The sky remains. So what can we do to participate in this winning thing? How can we be on the winning side? How can we participate in the revelation of love, even when clouds seem to be obscuring it? Well, I have a couple of suggestions. Again, these are suggestions for situations in which you know yourself to be safe, physically and emotionally safe, because if you're not safe, let love get you right out of there. So for those ordinary ups and down bumps in life, here's my first suggestion, which is simply for us to know that love is present, to remember that love is present, but more, more strongly to know that love is present and to actively look for it. Because we know in our philosophy, we know that if you look for something, you are going to find it. So let's practice looking for love. Now, if this might seem difficult in current situations, you can always practice on situations in the past. 
take, for example, some event in the past that seemed hurtful at the time and ask yourself, where was love present there? How was love present? Maybe the other person was giving you a gift and you didn't recognize it. I know this has been true for me. I think of times when I've been stung by criticism. And yet, in retrospect, I can see how underneath the emotional overlay of the situation, the other person's words had the loving effect of helping me grow. Or maybe the love is being expressed not by the people in the situation, but by something bigger than the people. Maybe it's the universe loving you, divine love showing up in form. I remember a boss who didn't want me to work for them anymore, and at the time I felt highly defensive. I knew how I was right and they were wrong. But Later, I realized that that job was not at all good for me. Working with that person was not good for me. And it was actually a gift of love that I was no longer in that job. So that's the first suggestion. Look for the love being expressed, either by the people involved or by divine action. The second suggestion, do what you can to express love. Sometimes it might be your silent loving presence. Perhaps sitting in a meeting where even if you're not saying anything, you can be silently knowing whatever's going on. You can be silently knowing that love is present. Perhaps silently affirming to yourself, love is present here. Love is present here. Love is present here. Or you could imagine yourself to be a source of love in that room. In your imagination, holding each one in the room with your love, surrounding each one, blessing each one with love. This is no small thing. In fact, I think it's one of the most important things you and I can do in our lifetime is to be a place, be a point in collective consciousness where love is showing up either in action or in words or silently. Love is showing up and uplifting everyone. By the way, there is an opportunity in our community to do that every weekday at 10 a.m. for about 25 minutes. Um, there we come together online, and in this practice, we know ourselves to be at the heart and center of love, and we open our limited awareness to include everyone in our community, our state, our country, and the world. It's a practice called Generating Love, and everyone is invited to attend, anyone, whenever you can, just Come on in. Of course, the details, you've got it memorized by now, www.cslsr.org. And if you have questions about that generating love process, you can ask me. You can ask Chandra because she is a regular. So 
Here's a second suggestion on how we can help love win. It's advice that comes to us from the 13th century from the Persian mystic Rumi who writes this. And, you know, I love this so much. I I may well have shared this with you before, but that's not going to stop me. Rumi says this, here is a relationship booster that is guaranteed to work. Every time your spouse or lover says something stupid, make your eyes light up as if you just heard something brilliant. So I'm going to read that again, but let's expand who it's for. Here's a relationship booster that's guaranteed to work. Every time your spouse or lover or coworker or neighbor or friend or relative or stranger says something stupid, make your eyes light up as if you just heard something brilliant. I like this because it reminds me that we can use our body language to, uh, in an affirmative and uh, loving way to relay an atmosphere of welcome and encouragement. I like it too because it reminds me to look past the words to see what the loving intention might be. The last thing I want to share with you as a a way to help love reveal itself. I've started working with a phrase that I came across recently. The phrase is, you have a home in my heart. I've been mentally practicing this phrase as I think about loved ones or strangers. You have a home in my heart. And I've even begun trying to use it on public figures that I don't like. (laughs) You have a home in my heart. You don't have a home in my living room. You don't have a home at my restaurant table. You have a home in my heart. Because I know that when everything temporary is stripped away, our looks, our ideas our opinions, our ego, when everything is stripped away, what remains is simply the presence of being. And the nature of that being is love. So as we conclude today, Chris and I invite you to take a few moments to join in this practice of knowing of others, you have a home in my heart. So relaxing into your chair, noticing your breath, perhaps closing your eyes. I invite you to mentally try this phrase out, you have a home in my heart. And let's experiment with bringing to mind someone you're fond of. It doesn't matter who, whoever first comes to mind, doesn't matter. This person you're fond of, mentally say to them, you have a home in my heart. And let's experiment with bringing to mind someone you saw this morning, even if you don't know their name, someone you saw either on the way here or... Uh, here itself, mentally say to them, you have a home in my heart. 
And just for a moment, let's experiment with someone who's difficult or hard to get along with. You have a home in my heart. And once again, someone you're fond of, either the same person as before or someone different, you have a home in my heart. And one last time, someone you've seen today that you may not know, you have a home in my heart. In this moment, in this place, I remember who I am. Letting fear and worry fall away from me, I open my eyes and see there is only So let us remember together that there is a source of love that is our very ground of being. This source of love has given rise to everything, including each of us. Each of us is an expression of divine love. Each of us is the manifestation of divine love itself. And so I welcome for each of us as we walk through our daily lives a greater ability to see love in action around us. A greater ability to know the love that we each are. And a greater ability to share love with others. I give thanks for the way that this ability blesses us, blesses all we meet, and blesses our world. And with gratitude, I simply release this prayer to become so in this world. There is only love. There is only love. Love that heals, love that sets me free. There is only love. And so it is.